0: This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband, from closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds. We talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we talk with two Ohio University students who have been working to improve connectivity across the Buckeye State. Learn what they've been doing to help expand internet access for families and communities, even during the pandemic. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and today we're talking with Katie Kabasik and Chris Darling, who recently completed work with Connected Nation Ohio. The two Ohio University students have spent the last several months working side-by-side with Ohio's staff, including State Program Director, Tina Leiden, who also joins us today. Welcome, everyone. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having us. We're really happy to talk to you all. Um, I just want to share a little background on each of you before we begin. As I mentioned, both Chris and Katie are students at Ohio University. Katie is a junior in the Scripps College and studying information telecommunication systems with a minor in business and an area of a concentration in management information systems. It's quite a mouthful. Chris is also a junior. He's working toward a Bachelor of Science in Communication and majoring in information and telecommunication systems. His focus is on data networking and programming. Meanwhile, Tina is the state program director for Connected Nation Ohio. As such, she guides statewide efforts to improve access to high-speed internet, also called broadband, and its related technologies. She builds and maintains partnerships by engaging with communities, local municipalities, and state and federal government, all to reach the goal of closing the digital divide across the state. Tina, let's start with you before we get to Chris and Katie and set the stage for everyone. Give us an idea of um, the work that's taking place in Ohio at present.
1: Well, Jessica, that is a really uh, interesting topic of conversation in this day and age. Uh, In light of everything that we have been experiencing with the COVID-19 pandemic, it has really changed our uh, outreach efforts and has cast a bright light on the uh, what we already knew to be very important work of broadband access adoption and use. Um, I would say that from an advocacy perspective, uh, my efforts have expanded dramatically in uh, community outreach initiatives to ensure that we are uh, providing information, resources, and um, any messaging and so forth for in individuals that are looking for access to broadband as they've gone uh, to a work-from-home environment or online education perspective. Um, as a former graduate of Ohio University, I had the good fortune of uh, working with Dr. John Hogue uh, through various initiatives uh, in, in state uh, opportunities that I'd been involved with, and he was kind enough to uh, introduced me to both Chris and Katie and shared a little bit about an internship program. And uh, it presented a, an excellent opportunity for uh, me to work with these two uh, in these broadband efforts and bring them in uh, into uh, the advocacy and outreach that I've been working on at a very interesting time. So it's it's been exciting, but it's also been um I would say um, a unique experience as well in that we really didn't have a chance to sit down face to face and work together. So we uh, took a very task oriented team approach on different initiatives and they were uh, excellent to lean in and uh, take things forward and provide some great resources and uh, information and insights and assistance to me throughout the state.
0: And you really approached it where each of them had certain things that they were focused on. Correct.
1: That is correct. Um, what I, when we first started, I reached out to them and asked them what areas they particularly found interesting. And that way I could take the time to understand how best to engage them relative to what they were interested in pursuing from a career perspective. Uh, you know, a lot of times in an internship, um, You know, you may have an opportunity to work in a certain area, but it it may not necessarily be the experience that you were hoping for relative to the track that you see your career taking. So, you know, drawing from my industry experience and having been an intern myself, I wanted to ensure that they had some valuable takeaways from their uh, time with us to go out into the workforce and draw from, from these insights. So we sat and had a conversation about, Uh, their respective backgrounds and areas that we were working on and how we could best engage them to get the best opportunities for their time with us over the summer.
0: All right. Well, let's go to you, Katie and Chris, and discuss some of what you've done uh, to help with connectivity and help with these programs. Katie, ladies first, so I'm going to start with you. Uh, (laughs) Talk a little bit about, I I know you sent me a list of some of the things you worked on, everything from Mm -hmm. COVID-related efforts to state and federal programs. Can you talk a little bit about what you uh, did with those types of things? Yeah. So during my
2: time with Connected Nation Ohio, I worked on several different projects for Tina And also, I worked a little with Chris McGovern. So as you said, Tina is an Ohio University alumna, and she's the state program director. And then Chris McGovern is director of research development. They were both so great to work with, and they helped me learn a lot about uh, Connected Nations. Just simple but powerful mission statement of everyone belongs in a connected nation. So. Unfortunately, I was unable to meet them in person because of COVID and we worked from our homes, but I really feel like I got to meet them both through our emails and our project work. As you can imagine, you know, Connected Nation Ohio deals with a lot of data and statistics in its course of business. So during my internship, I compiled various data spreadsheets that contain information about school districts in Ohio and their available service providers and broadband. I also helped Tina with another project where we created a reference guide populated with links for federal federal subsidies that would be shared with stakeholders across the state and just any community residents.
0: And those are important. Uh, why do you see those as important? Just to help people understand what their uh, possibilities are out there or things that they could access, resources, that type of thing?
2: Yeah. The reference guide is especially helpful now just with COVID going on. We populated with, that with some COVID relief links. Um, And it's just great. So community residents have somewhere to go and see all these available resources that can help them.
0: Did you come away with that with some sort of feeling that you've accomplished something to help in this difficult time?
2: Yeah, it did feel good knowing that people that are really in need right now in a tough time, they have a source that could really help them. And, you know, give access to just children in schools who are going back to school and they don't have Wi Fi at home, they don't have computers. There's resources there that they can access that can help them get those uh, materials and
0: help them succeed. And Chris, your focus was a little more on the technical side of things. Is that correct? You want to talk a little bit about the work that you did?
3: Yeah, I did a, lot, a little more technical stuff. At the beginning of the internship, um, I did work with Tina and Chris McGovern as well, doing various things. I was researching some stuff to help um, a municipality on the western side of Ohio. Like how much conduit would cost, or how much it would cost to get stuff onto poles. But eventually, um, I went to go work with a little wireless internet service provider in Pomeroy, Ohio, um, New Era Broadband, and I was working with them for a while. That's where I got the more technical side of it, seeing how you can actually operate. What was some
0: of the work you did with New Era? What kind of thing were you um, assisting or learning from them? Uh, what What was the what were you doing with new era?
3: I did a good handful of stuff for new era. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned from them for starters is the importance of network documentation. Um, Having things documented and written down is very helpful, especially when stuff is going down, you can't access like whatever that has the info on it. You need, you just need that on a piece of paper somewhere. Um, So I did a lot of that. I was just documenting the network, updating that stuff. I helped make a map of their whole coverage and which is pretty interesting. And, and I would also go help with like support tickets and set up installs of people getting new era.
0: So you got a little real real world experience in how a provider operates?
3: Yeah, I did. It was really interesting to see um, what goes on in an actual ISP.
0: And it's interesting that you brought up the mapping piece, because uh, at Connected Nation Ohio and Connected Nation, the parent company, we talk a lot about the importance of mapping. What did you learn while you were doing the mapping? Is, was there a lot of uh, uh, question marks about real access and where access was needed? Or did you hear from people that we need this, we need this internet now? Uh, well, what was your experience with that?
3: yeah, you know, when I was doing the mapping, um there was a lot of question marks and interesting things to keep in mind. um I used a a website called Tower Coverage, which automatically will map out how far a connection to a radio on a tower would go, and anything from what radios are even up there to how far how much power it has to actually go out and shoot and connect to people out in the woods. so I had to fill out all that and and it benefited new era and in a few ways and one they have that map set to their website so you can so people just living out in pomeroy around that area can see if they can actually get connected because since it's wireless you don't have a guaranteed connection you have we have to come out there and see if you can connect to the radio well enough to get a plan so that that'll help if so if you're just like nowhere near a tower we can just say like hey sorry maybe later and it also helps with, um, there is a form that the FCC needs, I learned, and um, having that accurately can help with what a new era can and can't do and what the FCC allows.
0: Well, that's great that you got some real world experience there. And uh, Tina, when you sent me some of what Chris uh, uh, was doing, you said working on gathering information on IRUs. Uh, yeah. I'm the comms director. I should know what IRUs are, I feel like. Uh, can you explain what that is?
1: Indefeasible right of use. It's really a negotiation or an agreement for uh, between a provider and uh, a user or another provider to negotiate to have access to um, a resource such as um, Internet service or um, access to a pole or other type or a handhold. Uh, whereby they have some uh, collaborative agreement for access use uh, for that, that asset. So it's, uh, it's a, a legal uh, agreement or a memorandum of understanding for uh, joint access arrangement between two parties for communications uh, or broadband uh, infrastructure as one example.
0: And, and that can be important when you're trying to map where infrastructure is and where pe- we might be able to to do builds together and that type of thing?
1: Correct. That is correct.
0: And Katie, I want to come back to you because I want to ask you both about uh, being back in school for the fall. Katie, you said that you helped uh, with linking some school districts and libraries with provider information. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk a little bit about why that was important for the schools right now and the libraries.
2: Yeah. So most schools right now are virtual. At least universities. Um, Ohio University is virtual right now until September 27th. So it's really important to that I mapped, you know, available library, available libraries, and available, you know, places where there is accessible Wi-Fi, because so many people, like I said earlier, they don't have that at home. They don't have a computer. They can go and do all their work, which makes succeeding in school just so much more difficult. So having a map where there are available spots where you can go for free, use some Wi-Fi. There's a public library that has computers. That's really important right now in these times where, you know, most things are virtual.
0: So have uh, Chris and Katie, have you guys started back school yet or are you about to?
2: We have. We started just uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago.
3: Last Monday.
0: How is it going for you each? It's good.
2: I was a little apprehensive just because we've I've taken, you know, a few online classes before in my college years, but I've never been completely virtual. So it was a little scary going into it, uh, especially because I'm sure Chris also has classes that where we have labs along with the lectures. And, you know, when we go to those labs in person, they're full of just these computers and all these, you know, the fancy equipment and we obviously don't, you know, have that on our own. So I was a little scared, but things have been going great. Uh, I think the teachers have been doing a really good job uh, just transferring over online, and they're very understanding.
0: So it's been good so far. How about for you, Chris? How would you um, frame it?
3: So for me, this semester, I was gonna be mostly online anyways, before even Covid came around, so only one of my classes actually went from in person to online, and that one class is a doozy online, though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but being online virtually, like just virtual class only, it's definitely a lot different. Especially because with my other classes, I can work at my own pace, which is a blessing and a curse. And I, it'd be a lie to say there's no adjustment or it's going completely smoothly. But I can adjust, and it will become smooth as the semester goes on. That's for sure.
0: Can you offer some words of? Uh, understanding for somebody who's maybe not a college student right now uh, about why having that access matters so much, having internet?
3: Uh, If you didn't have internet, you wouldn't be able to go to school online. And in a lot of places, colleges mostly are switching to online. So it's just very important to have internet access if you want to still go to college on time and still graduate four years after you apply.
0: Katie, would you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think nowadays most a lot of
2: colleges online, but also even just elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, they are becoming so much more online, just like the programs you do having homework online. And even if you want to kind of further your education and study outside of school, I mean, it's just having the internet is opens up so many more possibilities than, you know, going to the library and searching for a book on a certain subject.
0: Um, one last question for you both. And then I'm going to ask Tina to wrap up with what's ahead. Chris, you can start. Did you learn something that you didn't expect about internet access or um, the problem of needing access or were there any takeaways that you'd want to share with um, the general public about the importance of it?
3: Um, What I learned about the importance of internet access is that when I went to work for New Era uh, for context, I live in a suburb of Columbus. So internet access is pretty good and plentiful out there. So when I went to work for New Era basically out in the woods uh, in southeastern Ohio, right by West Virginia. I saw that it's not so easy just to have internet. I mean, it's available, but the rates and throughput and broadband you can get out there, it's not very good. If you have like more than a couple people in the house, depending on where you live, you just can't really do a whole lot if more than one person wants to be in, which is a lot different than what I'm used to. So especially in the online era of COVID, it would just be, I think it'd be really tough to live, you know, somewhere rural like that and have a lot lower rates and less easy access.
0: And Katie, would you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, I actually would like to kind of talk about how much I learned about you guys, Connected Nation. (laughs) I had like, to be honest, I never heard of you guys. And I just found out how much you guys do for the communities around you and just for students, children everywhere you guys have the program you know computers for kids no child left online you have like you've teamed up with organizations to donate over 10,000 devices like that's amazing and I love that especially now during these times where people need you know devices
0: and wi-fi well, I'll take that compliment and share it with all of our staff.
1: <laughs> for sure. uh,
0: well, um, I, I appreciate you both being here. I'd like to ask Tina though, before I, I can't let you go without asking you what's next on the horizon for Connected Nation Ohio. What are some things that are um, coming up? Uh, what do you, what are you hoping for moving forward?
1: Well, you know, we're continuing our advocacy work across the state. Uh, we are uh you know, very excited about uh, House Bill 13 continuing to uh, uh, move through our state Senate and are certainly um, excited about opportunities that uh, we hope to see from from the success of that. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing our outreach, uh, certainly across the state, and working with various stakeholders, organizations, local development districts on the um, Uh, Many different service offerings that we provide, whether it be through mapping, um, hotspot identification, um, technology advocacy, or technology liaison uh, services. Uh, So we're we're finding that there are unique opportunities in various parts of the state where we've been providing um, services and capabilities uh, to support uh, local communities. Um, and and certainly, really want to say thank you to Chris and Katie both for uh, joining forces with us over the summer. Uh, their contributions are invaluable to our work, and uh, will carry forward even though they are going back to school. Uh, the the uh, the byproduct of their efforts is valuable for us to be able to continue to provide that information into the communities with which we. Uh, go out and speak to uh, broadband and uh, wish them the best in their school year this year and uh, certainly wish them all the success in their future endeavors with their careers as well and can't thank them enough for this opportunity and certainly thank you uh, to Ohio University for the opportunity to have them be a part of our program.
0: I would like to second that. Thank you, Katie and Chris. And we look forward to seeing where your careers take you. We hope that our paths cross again. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thanks for the opportunity for us to work for you guys.
0: Yeah, thank you. Again, our guests today were Katie Kabasik and Chris Darling, who recently completed internships with Connected Nation Ohio, and State Program Director Tina Leiden, who also joins us today. If you'd like to know more about CN Ohio, just head to ConnectedNation.org backslash Ohio. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to ConnectedNation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora or Spotify.